Hey, we are one church, five locations. All of us are together today. I want everybody clapping for everybody. We love you, Mockingbird. Love you, North Dallas. Love you, Oak Cliff, Antigua, Guatemala, obviously White Rock, you're, you're in the room. And then everyone who's watching with us online today, we love you a ton. It's spring break weekend for a lot of folks uh, in Dallas, and people are traveling and uh, joining with us online. I keep hearing about your family members as well that you keep encouraging to, to join in with us. So we're glad everyone uh, is with us today. If you're here for the first time, you're jumping in on a series that we have been in over the last couple of weeks that has been really encouraging my heart in a significant way. And I pray that it's been doing the same thing for you. We started this year off with a word that we felt God gave us for 2020, and that one word was release. And this is the word that we've been speaking over every one of our hearts, every one of our lives. Release means to set free from confinement or, or restraint. It's to uh, relieve something, someone that's been confined or oppressed or burdened. It's, it's to let something kind of go free. And that's what we believe that God is doing in all of our hearts and our lives, that we're being released into who he's calling us to be and what he is calling us to do. And this is not just for a few of us. I believe it's for every last one of us. And I want you to, I want you to engage. I want you to have your heart open for what God is wanting to do in your heart and in your life. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Judges, the book of Judges. If I can get my Bible open, there we go. Book of Judges, we have been looking at this passage of script, this guy in the book of Judges. His name is Gideon. And we've been walking through uh, his life because I think it's a beautiful picture of release. Verse number 24 of chapter 6, so Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in Orpha of the Abyssalites. How many know we need some peace today? This day and age, man, it's just crazy how much fear and anxiety and worry is pumped into our veins and pumped into our minds as we as we live in this society but but the lord is peace so that's the altar that gideon builds verse 25 that same night everybody say same night same. that same night the lord said to him take the second bull from your father's herd the seven the one seven years old tear down your father's altar to Baal. Tear down your father's altar to Baal. And cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then what I want you to do is I want you to build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on, on the top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering verse 27 so Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him but because he was afraid man this guy afraid 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 but because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople he did it at night rather than in the daytime the title of today's message message is I can use that I can use that. A um, couple Saturdays ago, Onique and I, my wife and I, we went to 
uh, have lunch, actually, at Eric and Gabby Sewing's home. They are the campus pastors at our Bishop Arts Oak Cliff campus. Wonderful, wonderful couple. Some of you may remember me mentioning Eric last week because he was uh, afraid of, uh, he was afraid of getting married. Uh, he just hadn't seen the right picture in his life, so he had seen lots of divorce. He had seen lots of dysfunction, so he just was not sure uh, if he was going to be able to have the type of marriage he dreamed of having. So it's something that he just really shied away from. And, and uh, thankfully, you know, his heart was turned because now he's got this beautiful Brazilian uh, that he's married to and they have a baby on the way. But they invited us over uh, their home and they've got their first house, very, very first home they've ever owned. It's a beautiful house, way better than the house Onique and I first owned when we first got married. I mean, we lived in a crack house, basically. And these guys... <laughs> These guys are living in this beautiful home and so, so proud of them. We come in and, uh, and they're showing us around. Now, Gabby has a sense of style. Those of you who do not know, she has style on style on style. And, and, and that's just one of the gifts uh, she has. So you're walking into their home. It's beautiful. She's got this piece of artwork that she commissioned Debbie to paint for her. It's gorgeous. Uh, you can see uh, every little piece of furniture is meticulously placed and they're taking us from room to room to room and we see the bedroom and then we see the guest bedroom and then we go into what's going to be the baby's room it's going to be the nursery it's not yet decorated but in the middle of the nursery in the middle there is the nastiest ugliest big fat lazy boy not even red it's more like burgundy blood chair the, the headrest is all cracked and nasty. You know when you put your head on it and you kind of scratch the back of your head? I mean, just old school. It, it looks terrible. It's sitting in the middle of the room. And I'm like, this, this is not on brand. It does not seem to match what I know about Gabby. There is Eric in the corner smiling from ear to ear. I picked that out. Gabby is like, this chair is not staying here. It is not. Babe, babe, he tells us a story. He was at a thrift store. I don't know why, but Eric is at a thrift store. He sees this chair for $17. And he thinks to himself, I have to have this. It's $17. I can't walk past a chair that's only $17. When this chair was first made in 1942, it was probably... Hundreds of dollars, but Gabby's not having it. So Eric, as broken down as this, it looks as if someone passed away in the chair. That's what the chair looks like. It screams. Yeah, it happened here. That, that's what the chair screams. But now he's trying to sell it for like $500 on Facebook Market or something. So if you see a raggedy chair on Facebook Market for $500, it's not a good deal. It's not a good deal, okay? He has marked that thing up way too much. It's not staying in the house. Now, now, their floors, on the other hand, their floors are beautiful. Their floors are the original floors that the home was built with. Now, they, they've stained them, and they sanded them and stained them, and so, so they're this light wood color. They are gorgeous. They're staying. The, the, the chair is not. Pick that up. Pick that up. <laughs> in this passage of Scripture, I, I want you to see that Gideon, uh, in, the, in the first verse we, we, we read, he builds an altar to the Lord. 
He builds this altar and he names it the Lord is peace. So after he builds this altar, that same night, not a week later, not next week, he now has to go tear down another altar. It's like last week, if you were a part of Shoreline City, you, you uh, had the, were a part of Flip the Switch, right? We, we had this day where we're like standing to our feet and trusting for God to do something great in our life. And we're going we're gonna to go to, from, from passing to shooting. And man, what a moment for, for all of us that, that were present. And if you weren't, you can go ahead and, and watch it on the app or on, on YouTube uh, to catch up with us. But yes, last week, it's as if we, we built something. But this week... I feel like God is asking us to tear some things down. And the reason we need to do this, and the reason I think Gideon had to do this, is because there are, there are some things, there are some things that if you are not willing to tear down, will be the thing that will slow you down. If you're not willing to tear some things down, they will be a ball and chain on you and you will carry them into other relationships. You will carry them into your future and it won't necessarily always stop you from doing what God called you to do, but it will slow you down. I, I find it interesting here, and I like this, that before God asks Gideon to confront the enemies, it's as if he's asking Gideon to first confront himself. He's asking him, hey, 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 go deal with your father's altars. Why don't you deal with this? Now, some of you are already uncomfortable. You're like, oh, shoot. No, no, I did not come to church for this. I do not have enough tissue. Hey, we're, we're not going to make it too deep for you. I'll let the Holy Spirit work on you how he wants to work on you. But I know I'm more committed to your future than I am to the status quo in your life. So I want to be willing to speak whatever truth needs to be spoken so that we can become all that God has called us to be. Because there are some altars that maybe our fathers did build. But maybe it wasn't our father. Maybe it was our mother. Or maybe it was another spiritual authority or another, a coach perhaps, or, or a teacher or, or an aunt or an uncle, but somebody in our lives at some point in time built up an altar and God is saying, this is the year of release for you. This is the year where I'm trying to take you to a new level. This is a year where I'm trying to push you forward. And if you are not willing to tear some things down, you will be slowed down. I think this is uh, pictured beautifully in the life of a guy named Abraham. Uh, this man, Abraham, his name starts off as Abram. That's his street name. And then he gets a God name, Abraham. So Abram has uh, this encounter with God. He is a really, really important person in Scripture. This man, God said, I'm going to bless you so much. I'm going to bless all the world through you. Imagine you're sitting at your favorite coffee shop, and God shows up and says, hey, you're going to be the father, the mother of many nations. Everyone on the earth is going to be blessed through you. This is, what the, this is the promise that Abraham receives. But Abraham, too, has a father, just like you have a father. And Abraham's father was headed somewhere, but he did not make it to his final destination. Look with me in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, verse 28. Terah has a few kids, not only Abraham, but he has another son named Haran. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, 
in the land of his birth. So now you have a father that has buried one of his sons. This is the most tragic thing any parent will ever go through, to bury one of your own children. So that's his story, or now part of his story. Skip down uh, with me uh, to verse 31. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the, the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. I want you to notice something. He had a son named Haran who died. Now he gets to a city named Haran and he settles there. I am not judging this man. I'm not throwing any stones at this man. But I want us to see that this man settled at the place of his pain. What he had experienced, he could not get past. So he's headed to Canaan, but he gets to a city that has his son's name and it's close enough that he has to stop there. He can't move past it. There's too many thoughts. There's too many memories. There's too many emotions. There's so many things that are coming back to his brain that he, he has to stop there, but that's not where he was supposed to stop. He was supposed to stop in Canaan. He was supposed to stop in the promised land. So now Abraham is looking at his father and he's seeing that his father has settled in the spot. What is Abraham going to do? Is Abraham going to continue in the legacy of his father? Is Abraham going to repeat the patterns of his father? Is Abraham just going to stop like his father stopped? That is an option for him. But in chapter 12, verse number 1, the Lord had said to Abram, I need you to go. I need you to go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land. I will show you. I cannot have you stopping at the place that your father stopped. I need you to move past that place and go to the place I will show you you I've got something I want to do in your life I got something I want to accomplish in your life I've got a destiny I've got a purpose I've got I've got potential for you I've got all these things set up for you in the future but I can't have you stopping where your father stopped where'd your dad stop where'd your mother stop where'd they tell you to stop don't don't do that don't go that far come on don't go to that school don't go into that profession. You, there's no women in that profession. There's no men in that profession. Don't, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't take that step. Hey, don't start a company. Hey, just work for someone. Hey, get that pension. There's no more pensions, mom. There's no more pensions, dad. Those things are over. <laughs> well, well, figure out a way to live safe. Figure out a way just to be, live really confined. Because if you live confined, if you live safe, then you can just make it through life, and you'll be happy, and you'll be strong, and everything will be okay. And you're like, no, mom, no, dad. I don't feel like I'm supposed to live in some little comfortable bubble. I, I'm fine with the suburbs, but I want to live in the city. I, I feel like I've got a little bit more grind on the inside of me. I've got a little bit more fire on the inside of me. And you can have some people in your life that will tell you, stop here, settle here, stay here. And you have to be willing to tear down the altar of your father or your mother to become who God is calling you to become. And it's not because you hate them. And it's not because you're better than them. 
but things ought to go to another level in your generation. Can I just say a a quick aside that I'm thankful for all the gray-haired people that we have now coming to our church. Shout out for everybody with gray hair. Come on, platform, platform. Gray-haired people. We love, we've been praying for you for years, okay? For years. We have gray-haired people come to the church. They go, oh, 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 I don't know if I fit here. We're like, no, 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 no. You fit, you fit, you fit. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? I'll, I'll dye my hair gray right now. I'll dye, I'll dye it gray. I'm so thankful for all the young folks we have, but, but uh, gray-haired folks, you know, you live, you live some life, but sometimes, you know, you're like 28 and you're gray, and you're like, dang, it's been rough. It's been a rough 28 years. <laughs> and that's okay, too. But, but we've been praying for gray-haired folks to come uh, to our church. Let me, let me talk to you for a second, because whenever you've lived a certain amount of life, you can get in a rut, Get in a rut. It's like, I I don't have the energy to tear down my father's altar. I'm already 52, 62, 72. I'm just just waiting for heaven now. (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out, time out. Maybe God brought you to a church filled with all these young people to remind you that he still has some life and fire on the inside of you. Maybe brought you to a place where you could be around all this energy to remind you you're not dead yet. And since you're not dead, that means God's not done. So it's time for you to step up and be willing to even confront some things that you've had in your family for years. So here is Abram. He moves past. Tear down looks different to different people. But all of us are going to have to be willing to face, face these, these issues. I, I, like, I like here that, uh, that Abram... That I'm um, sorry, Gideon is asked by the Lord to use the wood of the Asherah pole. This is in verse 26. Use the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. When you make the new altar, use the wood of the Asherah pole. You don't, you don't have to get rid of all the old stuff right away. I want you to use the old stuff as you, as you prepare to build the new stuff. Wow. I, I've got some, I got some stuff here. Um, some, some props. Here's a, little, here's a little trophy. Let's talk about some things that might be, might be altars that your father or your mother or your grandparents or maybe some other authority in your life has built. This, this trophy here, it's not even inscribed to anybody, so this is a raggedy trophy, but, but the, 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 this, trophy, this trophy here is, uh, is about performance. It's like if, if you perform, if you do right, if you cross all your T's and dot all your I's, I'll love you. But if you don't, I'll withhold my love from you. I won't cheer for you. I won't celebrate you. I'll even almost ignore you. You maybe had a sibling that was always doing great. And you just felt like, I can't really get over the top. So your parents want to keep on celebrating the one that's crushing it. And you that's doing the best you possibly know how, you're not getting that same type of love because the love was based on your performance. My, my mom uh, is 
awesome because my dad was not around when I when I was growing up. Now our relationship has been been restored, but when we were growing up, he he was he was not around. My mom was at all my sporting events, going crazy. Okay, she was always she was that mom that would be in the stands cussing at the refs. Okay, that was my mother. And she loved Jesus, but she just cussed a little bit, right? So she would be out there. Oh, ref, that's a foul. Pull your head out of your. <laughs> As a quick aside, we were talking the other day. Uh, Mom, I don't know if I told you this because uh, she's here. Uh, Mom, uh, Parker, our oldest, we were driving in the car. And we were talking about some, I don't know what came up. Um, but we're talking about like, you know, Christians who kind of, who kind of cuss a little bit, you know, cause everybody, everybody's kind of on their journey. He was like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, dad, like Chance the Rapper, you know, he, he's a Christian, but, but he cusses and he names some other hip hop artists. He, he, he cusses, but he's a Christian. He goes, you know, like Nana, <laughs> Nana cusses, but she's still a Christian. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I, I know, I know, son, I know. <laughs> I'm not condoning cussing, okay? We are all just on a journey here. <laughs> but if you do right, you'll get love. And that's some of the altars that, that have been built. I, I got, got here a, a Barbie. It's a black Barbie too, y'all, okay? <laughs> I, I didn't even ask for this. But I love it. Hair's permed. And then I saw... She looks like Onika. This right here, hair laid, beautiful lipstick, eyebrows on point. Some of you, you heard, if you're not perfect, I'm not for you. Be daddy's little girl, as long as you're perfect. But you started gaining a little weight and maybe dad or mom, just would say small comments. The small things to tear at your confidence. You don't look the part. You're not, you're not fit like you need to be. It's an altar that can be built up in your life. You start, and you, some of us are living in that right now. We're living in that perfection and this little box and, oh, my goodness, yeah, th this church won't love me. My, my, my connect group won't love me and you won't love me. Some of us are still dealing with stuff in relationships and with our spouse from altars that our parents built that we haven't torn down. Maybe, maybe I got this, I got this megaphone uh, here, too. I'm, I'm not going to turn it on. This is on siren. Let me turn this off. <laughs> Uh, but, but you were torn down verbally, yelled at, demeaned, disrespected. Those of you who are athletes in here, if, you have any, if you've been an athlete for any period of time, you know, my, my son's uh, high school coach, um, his freshman year, really, really nice guy. But as he continues on, I'm just letting him know it's not going to be like that forever. And your coaches can say some things to you, and you're like, well, I remember, I remember some of the things our coaches used to say. And it is demeaning and disrespectful, and you just got to take it and get back out there and perform. 
Some of us, we still have that megaphone in our ears. You're working hard, not even for your current boss. You're working hard to silence voices from 20 years ago. I, uh, I got this bar cart uh, here, too. Um, all of it's on it. I was going to have some, you know, it's for alcohol. Uh, couldn't get any Corona. You know, honestly, it's go actually, you can, because it's, do you know what's down? The sales of Corona are down. Did you know that? I, I don't drink Corona, but uh, actually, I don't drink beer. I don't like the taste of it. But anyway, um, th this bar cart represents those of us who had parents or leaders in our life, some altars that were built where they, they escaped to alcohol, escaped to other vices. And that's the thing that you remember. I also threw an empty chair up here because some of us have no idea what our dads or moms even think because they weren't even there. Or if they were, they were silent, apathetic, disconnected. So I don't even know what you think about me. I'm now assuming what you think about me because you were silent. All, all these here are just some of the altars that need to be torn down. But how, 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 how do they get torn down? I think, I think we've got some strategy even in these scriptures right here, some strategy that God gives to Gideon that will help every single one of us move forward. So we're not only building an altar to the Lord, but we're tearing down the altars that need to be torn down so then we can build up another altar to the Lord and be who God has called us to be. What do I see here? Verse number oh, 27, 27. But because he was afraid, this is a theme in this man's life. Gideon keeps being afraid over and over and over and over again. Can I just say, when you and I want to begin to tear down altars, you're going to have to be willing to go afraid. We talked about it last week. Let me talk about it again. You have to be willing to go afraid. If everything does not feel right, if everything is not lined up perfectly, if all the stars aren't perfect, I still need you to be willing to go afraid because God has something in store for you and you do not want to allow your fear to cripple you for the rest of your life. Over and over and over, keep seeing Gideon's like afraid no it's not me lord he's like yes it is no it's not me yes it is no it's not me uh and then he finally discovers that it's god speaking to him he's like oh my gosh okay god's speaking to me i'll go do this thing that he's asking me to do but i'm doing it at night <laughs> i like that gideon at least does it afraid but he doesn't just do it afraid he does it in community he grabs 10 10 other servants and he brings them with him I like this, okay, because if you're going to do what God has asked you to do, you better have a crew around. You better have some people around you that are going to spur you on and help you to become all that God has called you to be. If you are ready to get sober, if you are ready to get rid of that bar cart that has been in your family for generations, you better have some people around you that say, I believe in you. I have your back. I'll be praying for you. I'll stand with you. No, don't take that drink. Oh, can I just have one sip? You got to have some friends that go, nope, not one sip. Tonight, we're not even going out to the club. This is where we're going tonight. We're going back to the house. We're going to chill out there. You need to have some friends in your life that will push you that direction. Because if you don't have friends that will push you that direction, your commitment will not last as long in isolation. 
it lasts longer in community. This is why we talk about connect groups all the time. This is why we're encouraging you be in relationship with some people that are trying to go somewhere, some people that will help you become who God has called you to be. So go on the website, get on the app, find a connect group. And if you don't find one that's right for you, then start a connect group that will be right for somebody just like you because there's probably other people in the church that are just like you. Let's make sure we are in community together. Next, I see here that he's willing to tear down your father's altar to Baal and to Asherah. He goes to these idols and he's willing to confront it. I like that he's willing to confront it. Can I, uh, can I, can I say some stuff? I saw an interview one time. Oh, man, I forgot the guy's name. Um, he was a very significant uh, public figure in the 50s and 60s, who, was, who used a lot of racial and um, inappropriate and defamatory rhetoric towards uh, immigrants, black people, a lot of different folks. And he had a daughter. And his daughter at home knew him as a loving father. But as she grew up, she started to hear the stuff that he was saying in the world. So at home, she knows him as a loving father. But out in the world, so many people disrespect and dislike this guy because he's a racist. And she had to be willing to confront that this man that I love and call daddy is someone that has been spewing this venom for years. It didn't make her a racist, but she had to be willing to confront it. Are you willing to confront some of the demons of your father, your mother, some of the leaders in your life? Are you willing to confront that, hey, hey, every man in my family has slept around on his wife? Everyone. And I don't want that to be my story, but everyone has. Every man has been physically abusive to the women in this world. Everyone has been demeaning, has never empowered and lifted the women in this world. Instead, he's always trying to push them down. I don't want that to be my story, but how I got to be willing to confront that this is in my heritage. It's in my line, but it's not my identity. It's in my line, but it's not my identity. Even when you go through the genealogy of Jesus, you will see in the genealogy of Jesus that not everyone did everything right. Not everyone made the best decisions. As a matter of fact, Jesus is called the son of David, and David cheated on his wife, and David had his best friend killed, and that was still in the genealogy of Jesus. Just because it's in your genealogy does not mean it's your identity. You and I have to understand that we can confront Say, that's not me, but it happened. Not only does he confront, he now has to build a, a proper kind of altar. A proper kind of altar. Uh, this word proper, actually, uh, for some of your translations, it might say stone. He has to build a stone altar. Because he's about to light some stuff on fire. And what's going to burn up is that astra pole, all that old stuff. That's going to burn up. But the stone, it's not going to burn. You got to put something, you got to build a proper kind of altar. Build your life on some things that will not be consumed when the fire comes. This is stuff like love, 
forgiveness, generosity, kindness, mercy. Those things will not be consumed when the fire comes. They'll still be there standing. If you've never forgiven someone, just so you know, plan on it hurting. Yeah. You ever go to the gym and you haven't been there for a long time? And you, you, you do bench, you're like, oh, I'm going to get up in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do, you do a couple bench press and then that next day, oh, my goodness. You feel it all the way across. Squats are the worst. If you have not done squats, if you have not worked out your legs for a long time and you go and you're like, yeah, squat, uh. Uh, you, I mean, you, I'm not going too low. I don't want to rip my pants or anything. Uh, when you do squat, that next day, you, you can barely sit on the toilet. You can barely, barely sit in the chair. You're walking like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I worked out yesterday. And this is, this is where a lot of people stop. Like, I don't want this pain. So let me stop. But what you have to do is you have to keep working out so your body gets used to that so then it's not painful anymore. And some of us, I'm, I'm telling you, forgiveness will be a new muscle for you. Be prepared for it. Ugh. But if you keep working it, all of a sudden you'll, be having a, you'll have a proper kind of altar. But the altar is made not to you. The altar is not made to your past. It's a proper kind of altar to the Lord. It's for his glory and for his fame. It's, the altar is not for your protection. Oh, I'm going to build an altar and I'm going to protect my heart and I'm going to insulate myself from everyone else and no one else is going to ever be able to hurt me. That's not the proper kind of altar. The altar that Gideon was asked to build after he tore stuff down was an altar to the Lord. I want you living your life. I want to live my life unto the Lord. I want everything I do to be an act of worship unto the Lord. This is for his fame and his glory. And last but certainly not least, is I see in this scripture that it's messy. It's just messy. And I think we've done such a great job of sanitizing Christianity that all of us are shocked when things are messy. But the very Savior that you and I follow was beaten and bruised and bloodied. That's how our salvation came. When you look through the Old Testament, you see animals being sacrificed. All of it bloody. It's a picture of the blood that will be shed years later for the forgiveness of our sins. And I can't help but think in this moment when Gideon is sacrificing this bull and all the blood and all the mess is everywhere. It's just a picture that there will be a day that you will have a savior that will get on an old rugged cross for you. And he will shed his blood on your behalf so that a new proper kind of altar can be built. I wonder if we're willing to not try to go around this, but to go right through this. I think that might be Under Armour's tagline. <laughs> let's go right through it. Let's stop, let's stop trying to avoid the altars. Let's go, yep, that's there. 
People in my family have been lazy. They have not uh, been people of their word, but that's not my identity. I'm going to confront that. I'm tearing that thing down. I'm building a proper kind of altar to the Lord. People in my family have not handled their money correctly. They have been selfish. They have been stingy or they've just been ignorant. That's not going to be my story. I'm tearing down, down that altar. I'm going to begin to handle my finances properly. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to save. I'm going to spend. I'm going I'm I'm to get Dave Ramsey all over me. I'm going to go. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure I'm tearing down but also building up in its place a proper kind of altar to the Lord. That's what God is asking of us. This is all part of our release. Are you with me on this church? Are you with me? Because I can't wait to see what God does. If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads for just a moment at all of our locations, even online. Bow your head for a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You've never made him first. You've never made him number one. You're honest with yourself right now. If you're honest with yourself, you would say you're in the driver's seat of your life. Jesus Christ is not. But you don't want to go your own way anymore. You want to go his way. You don't want to be first. You want him to be first. So whether you're online or at any of our locations or you're in this room right now, you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something simple, but something ridiculously bold. I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart, my life to Christ. Come on. People all over this place giving their, giving their hearts to Christ. What a beautiful moment. A fresh start, a new beginning. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. Every person. And I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.